0: are you telling me that are you yourself what i can dance however i want to dance you can't stop me oh i want to dance with somebody oh my i'm okay do you want to sing that on key or It, it was a key it was not the key that it's intended to be sung in
1: don't police my singing i do what i want i it's in the key that i intended it to be in Hmm. okay well well anyway how you doing Uh, fantastic um this is your favorite podcast (laughs) off the page with (laughs) mary beth okay and i'm Paige. and this is off the page so uh yes any hootle. Anyway, we are here today. That is, I have gathered you. That is not disingenuous. We are. I indeed. have gathered you to talk about a witchy book.
0: Ooh. So Which happy. What, what? What did we call it? Ha- what? Would, what were you we calling the Halloween season? Happy Christmas. Accidentally. Oh. Oh. Happy. <laughs> wait. Spooky. Christmas. Spooky Christmas. We have extended it into the spooky New Year. Ooh, it's um, a spooky twenty twenty three, indeed. Except it's not super spooky, to be quite honest. This book is more like Spice Girls meets a Harry Potter, but with all Hermiones. Okay, okay. I
1: don't Hermione. Either.
0: Oh boy. Okay, okay. So the book that I'm talking about is Her Majesty's Royal Coven. Okay. And Kevin was
1: the best season of a <laughs> American horror story. It wasn't. I never watched it. I got to go back and watch
0: some of the scarier shows. And by
1: that, I mean, out of the like three seasons. that I <laughs> um,
0: That's good. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. So Deep. it's written by a trans author, Juno Dawson. Okay. It's set in the UK, modern day UK, but the book starts with these five girls in a treehouse, and the following day on the summer solstice, they're going to pledge their oaths to Gaia and Her Majesty's Royal Coven, a top secret government organization that has a department of witches. It was founded by Anne Boleyn and charged with protecting the United Kingdom from magical forces and otherworldly evil. Okay. I think that this author has written a lot of other stuff, but she's also written for TV and is like very well known in the UK. Okay. And so when I went online to see any interviews with this person, she has an interview with one of my favorite authors, Maureen Johnson. So I was really happy to see that they were friends in real life. And it made me really excited because Maureen Johnson is like beloved and uh, shout out to my sister Leah and my medleys because they love those books too. Oh, awesome. So that just made me really happy, but I will give you the basic plot. So these five sisters, five witches, are all like childhood friends, and you very, very much get the sense as you're reading this that Juno Dawson was very much a fan of Harry Potter and wrote this for adult fans of Harry Potter after J.K. Rowling was um, a turf. Yes. So that unpacks a lot. We do not need to talk about all of the things surrounding that because it makes me feel a lot of things, mostly anger. Um, but I'm very glad that I read this book and I really hope that she continues to write more because I really, really liked it. And I think a lot of people really liked it from what I can tell, but of course, Goodreads, there's all these annoying people on there just like talking about how terrible the book is. Yeah. So I, okay. So I'm going to walk through the characters with you. Okay. Ready? So okay. you have five. You have Helena, who's now become the head of Her Majesty's Royal Coven. Oh, wait, I forgot. The other really important thing that you need to know is all of these people are now adults. And okay. they're like 20s and 30s. Okay. And they, most of them have kids. Most of them are partnered but they've also just lived through a war, a civil war between witches and warlocks. And,
1: oh, I thought this was going to be through all of the countries within the UK. No, I was like, ooh, no, no, no. I was like, I thought they already did all that. So
0: I, I don't want to spoil. OK, I'm going to spoil some stuff. So, you know, bear with me. You, you're not coming to this podcast typically for not spoilers because we spoil shit all the time. Yeah, that's but true. I just want to just like. If you want to go read it, go read it, and then you can come back and listen to the rest of the conversation, okay? So, spoiler here. And so, basically, this war happens, and as I walk through, I'm going to tell you who's lost a spouse. Okay. Okay, ready? So, Helena is mm-hmm. now the leader of the Her Majesty's Royal Coven. Mm-hmm. Leonie mm-hmm. is a black witch who's also queer, mm-hmm. and she has left Her Majesty's Royal Coven because they were not inclusive enough, mm-hmm. so she started her own coven called diaspora diaspora, or diaspora Mm -hmm. and it's full of black queer witches okay okay the main crux in the story of this book comes from helena being upset about a prophecy that a young boy is going to come and rain hellfire down with one of the legions of satan okay okay it's a problem and she become helena becomes Really obnoxious and slightly demented in her cause to keep this child out of their coven of witches, even though this child is proclaiming to be trans.
1: Hold on. Let me back up just a a hair. Okay. Okay. So in this canon, can guys be witches?
0: Yes. They're called warlocks and they have their own thing. They're not a part of her majesty's royal coven. That is only for females. They have their own coven called the cabal. Okay, and so he should be—he, I'm—I'm misgendering on purpose right now. This child should be with the cabal. Okay, but he's also shown himself to be so powerful that Helena puts him in prison at the beginning of the story. So Helena and Leone. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to tell you. So imagine you haven't heard what I just told you. Okay. Okay. So, you're. So you have Helena. She runs Her Majesty's Royal Coven, Coven. and they mostly just shorten it to HMRC. Okay. Okay. Leone has started her own coven because she didn't feel included into HMRC. Okay. Then there's Neve. Neve uh-huh. lives a little bit outside of the city. And I, oh my gosh, I'm going to, it's called Hampstead or, I don't know. There's a really famous bridge. It, it's kind of irrelevant in the sense of we're Americans and we don't really care. Yeah, but, true. Okay. So she, her gifts and powers include like, Healing the sick. So she works as a vet um, to help ease their transitions from this life. And so she uh, is essentially our main character. Okay. She has lost her fiance in this great civil war. Mm -hmm. So she's still reeling from that. Mm -hmm. Then you have Elle. Mm Mm-hmm. And L is a mom of Holly, mm-hmm. who's just started to show her witchiness. Mm-hmm. So she is married to like, they're called like, oh my gosh, what are they? she calls them? She calls them like they're essentially normal people. She's married a normal person who's not a witch, like a muggle. Yes, essentially, okay. but she has a different word for them that I'm totally blanking on right now, and I don't want anybody to judge me because I promise I did read the whole book and it was so good. Okay, okay. So you have okay, so you have Helena Leonie Elle, Neve. Niamh. Neve's sister was the fifth person. Mm-hmm. She's no longer with them. She's been trapped in a prison since, in, in a medically induced coma since the Civil War. She's an ass <laughs> 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 Kind of. And there are a lot of things that happen at the very tail end of this book. It is like the last 35 minutes of this book is wild. Okay. Poppin'. It is popping. But I'm going to just. Is this book a series? I, I am hoping that they make it a series because they've set it up to be like epic. Probably okay. like, three or four books at least. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna just walk through the plot of this one. Okay? Okay. So Leone Leone is in London. Helena's in London with her 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 husband also died during the civil war. So okay. she has a daughter though, her name is Snow, who's also a witch. And how that how this like whole thing tends to work is they find witches at the beginning of their power uh-huh. and introduce them to the coven so that they can control their magical abilities so they're not injuring people. Right. Right, right, right. So Helena calls Neve early in the book. And is basically like you need to get your ass to London. I have a child that I need you to meet because there's some sort of elemental, and we can't figure out. But they're incredibly powerful, and they've hurt an entire school of children. Oh no! So Neve goes much like she's pretty unhappy to be there because Why? she doesn't really want anything to do with these people anymore. She's removed herself so far from. She's upset about losing her fiancé in the war still, she's upset about losing her sister all at the same time. She, she, Helena's always kind of graded on her. She's like, you get the feeling that Helena is a very type A character and she had a lot of money and she had a lot of power and she was kind of bossy. Mm. And so as the story unwinds, you, you kind of, you don't flash back and forth a lot, but you get a lot of history just from who they talk to in the present and what relationship they have established with each of these characters. Gotcha. And so, all you need to know is Helena's a
1: raging bitch. Okay? <laughs> and no one in the group likes her. She she can't sit with us. Okay. okay. Have we ever met someone named Helena who we like? Helena Bottom Carter. Oh shit. I mean, I've never met her, but okay. she seems wonderful.
0: That's true. And not really problematic unless I'm missing something. UK listeners hit me up.
1: That's true. Actually, we stan Helena Bottom Carter. We do. So, um, theory theory debunked theory debunked. here we go okay so
0: the book starts yeah the book starts and you you mostly follow neve and l l because holly is there and they're like you know they still kind of talk on the reg and neve's life is filled with a lot of rich characters there's this guy that she's kind of like doesn't really want to be seeing but pretty much is because they're like buddies and You know, it's awkward because he's just confessed that he likes her like right before the book starts. Okay, hold on. So and she's like, not really sure how she feels about that. So there's a prophecy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's this prophecy. And that's why she Neve gets called in by Helena. Okay, so. Uh, each witch has their own like special thing that they're good at Mm
1: -hmm. and it's not
0: like like Harry Potter in the way that they just like cast spells. Like they have to be connected to the earth Mm -hmm. and most everything. (laughs) Yeah, actually. (laughs) Okay. And most everything that they can do isn't witchy in that they're casting spells. It's more just like what they're innately like gifted at is also kind of what they're, what they would be if they were normal. Does that make sense? So like, okay l is really good at hearing people mm-hmm. neve is really good at healing people mm. leonie is just like really powerful and there's only five levels like witches are always going to be stronger than warlocks because warlocks can only go to level three witches can go to level five mm. which is also something i really enjoyed about this yes. so the witches yes, are much queen. better than the warlocks and the warlocks Mine, are just kind
1: of in the way all the time <laughs> my power would be making people laugh
0: yeah but it has to be connected to nature in some way so like
1: baby laughter
0: is the you can control animals <laughs> you can control animals like oh, you can control how nature grows around you and
1: mine would be to control animals
0: yeah you that would definitely be yours my i babies. think mine would be to be able to read people's thoughts because that would be dope i, I think would, my life would, would be a lot I'd easier like no it's it's like a telepathy so like they can you have to kind of be asked to be in someone's mind like If they're a normal person, yeah, if they're, like, a normal person, they won't put walls up.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Um, I know what
0: you're saying. So, the book starts, and Neve has to go into the city to meet with Helena, because Helena, being the head of HMRC, has in their possession this... Prophecy. And so she goes and she learns about the prophecy. and it sounds like it's going to herald very bad news that Satan split his soul into different things. and the Leviathan is the the name of this, like wicked beast. The Leviathan is going to come and destroy the world,
1: ok? This sounds like a whore correct. <laughs> correct.
0: Um, so the Leviathan's going to come and destroy the world, But the person that's going to harbinge this Leviathan or bring it about is this young, warlock with a lot of power Mm -hmm. they think they've found the young warlock Mm
1: -hmm.
0: they have him trapped in a prison and this child is incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. they HMRC doesn't really know what to do with them so they've put put him away Neve comes meets them is instantly like we need to get this child out of a cage like you shouldn't have them in there like this isn't right let me take them back to my house and I will help them harness like she used to to train a lot of children and she's going to start training Holly um, Elle's oldest. And so she's like, let me just take them back to my house, keep them safe. I don't think they're going to do me any harm. I've already like talked to them in my telepathy and um, they seem harmless. Essentially. Mm-hmm. They just don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to control it. So mm-hmm. I can help them. So it kind of ramps up where Helena is very convinced that this child is going to bring about this harbinger you know, nonsense and refuses to see sense about the whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Neve kind of falls in love with this child and is like uh, not in a creepy not way. In a, not a creepy way. Like in a right. like I've uh, she's she clearly has wanted children and she's a nurturer by nature. Uh-huh. And like the child seems to open up and they learn a lot about them. And and the child really means no harm by anybody. Like they're upset that that they don't know how to control anything. And so Helena is like convinced and it comes about like Holly and Theo is the name of the child mm-hmm. at the beginning of the story. Holly and Theo really hit it off. They're like buddies and Theo tells Holly that they're trans mm-hmm. and and they really want to be a witch but they're considered a warlock. And they So Helena goes on a fucking rampage and is like such a turf about the whole thing and does not want this child a part of their witchy coven and says all of the normal turfy things that they that people say like they so, shouldn't be allowed to you know run naked with us things like that hold on they run naked well yeah part of their ceremony sometimes <laughs> it requires them to be naked i mean <laughs> to be one with the elements and whatnot good for them i don't think we'd make very good witches i think we're too prudish to Me be quite too. honest
1: i know modest is hottest baby <laughs> So stupid. So Helena is JK JK Rowling. Yeah. Uh, What a bitch.
0: And so the book is so well written. Like I think the fact that there's such a huge cast of characters and none of them sound similar. Like you distinctly know what each of them by this by the third or fourth chapter, you know who all of these people are.
1: They're very well fleshed out.
0: Yes. And and that's why I'm like very hopeful that she's writing another book because Mm -hmm. I need more of this. And I really, I haven't read a fantasy like that in a long time. So it's very much set in like an urban fantasy style, but it gave me Harry Potter feelings and it made me feel better about the world in the sense that the whole time I was like, yes, they're right. Like, why do we have to dictate how people feel about anything, let alone like, their bodies and who they think they are inside. And I don't know, it just made me like feel very passionately that people like Helen and should not be in power.
1: No. But unfortunately, like
0: I told you earlier, the last thirty minutes of this book is like a fucking whirlwind. Because nothing goes to plan. Well. <laughs> and there's obviously like a huge thing that happens near the end. The climax of the story is very climactic. Everyone is involved and they're basically all fighting her.
1: Helena. Mm-hmm. Good. Bring-
0: but Helena's entered a, had a demon into her soul oh. in order to beat them all.
1: It sounds so. like Helena was the demon from the beginning.
0: Oh, it's yeah. It's almost as if from the prophecy that she was actually the problem.
1: Yeah. Well, it almost sounds like if you Also Neve's story ends in a very very
0: climactic point and I am very anxious for her.
1: Well, it almost sounds like you bring about um, doom if you take a child and are really mean to it instead of not it if you are or really, really mean, mean to her the, or her. If you take a child and are really mean to them instead of yeah loving they just them, dig
0: your heels in. Yeah, and and, and and looking for what you think you're worried about seeing rather than what's actually happening in front of you.
1: Yeah, maybe if you just. Love children and provide a safe, loving and nurturing environment. environment. Yeah, they won't be a problem. Yeah. And Neve like readily says multiple
0: times through the book, like, "Leave this child to me. I've got it. They're safe. They're not harming anyone." Because right. that's the kicker: is once they leave the prison and learn how to harness most of their stuff, they really don't harm anybody. Right. She is very aware of her power, and she works really, really hard to like not be a menace to society basically, <laughs>
1: which is a lot more than we can say about that bitch. Helena. Helena exactly.
0: Some, so it flips uh, perspectives throughout the book mm-hmm. and you're in Helena's actually quite a bit, but in the like middle of the book and it made me feel really icky. That was my one thing that I didn't love, but you kind of have to go there so that you follow her so that you know what's going on. Mm. Um, so like, I understand why it had to happen. Um. so I love yeah I love everything about the idea of witches living among us just doing their thing and I love that they made Anne Boleyn the like person who started it I thought that was really clever I what about I'm uh, trying to think of who my favorite witch is
1: mine is definitely Neve and Neve Campbell <laughs> I also love the Scream movies. Yeah, it might be
0: Theo and Holly, to be honest. They're like not the main witches, but I like Leone, but that's kind of obvious. I always love a lesbian character. (laughs) (laughs) We
1: stand, Yeah, we stand, family.
0: But I love that the biggest themes in this book are what does it mean to be a woman biologically, but also what makes you one? Like, is it your will? Is it your natural biology is it what is it
1: okay matt walsh being what is a woman
0: (laughs) and then what it means to be a woman as a witch like and to be a part of the coven it's a sisterhood they lean on that all the time and that's why these women keep coming together is they like grew up but none of them would really be friends in real life like right and that is shown very clearly like none of them like helena some of them have like weird Issues with L because she doesn't like really stand her ground on a lot of things and she very much doesn't like want to be a part of the witchy community anymore like she's married somebody who's not a witch who's cheating on her but they all know he's cheating on her but she just wants to be happy she's like really happy with her life she's content and she doesn't really want anything to change and yet her daughter's now a witch she's back in the throes of everything they they all fought in the civil war and so it's also kind of like they have severe PTSD around that mm. and it's like interesting to watch their reactions to what happens And her especially goes through a bit of a like denial phase. Like this isn't really happening. Um, I don't want to do anything about it. I I have my family. I'm safe. I'm secure. And then when Holly really likes Theo, it really changes her perspective on a lot of things. And she realizes she does need to fight for what she actually believes because Helena must be stopped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read this book in like two days I also want to throw that out there. It's like 14 hours long.
1: Oh, so you really liked it.
0: I really liked it. I blew through it. I kept trying to like think of excuses. That's probably part of the reason I didn't like do my job this weekend was because I was reading the book. Oh, did you listen
1: to it this weekend?
0: Yeah. And part of the reason I probably wasn't texting you enough was because I was listening to this book and I was like so engrossed Um, and the dogs were like barking and barking (laughs) and I'd have to like pause and be
1: like, shh. I'm trying to listen to my story I'm listening to my program um, so did the book have an answer as to what a woman is
0: well yes like in the in the context of the story just a motherfucking so part, part of Helena's problem is that Theo is so strong already uh-huh. and is probably a level five but they're a warlock not a witch.
1: They have a penis!
0: Exactly. So, I mean, the book very clearly states it's inside of you and the way you feel about yourself mm-hmm. that makes you who you think you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And granted, I I don't know a lot of trans people in my, like, actual life. Mm-hmm. But I feel their struggle in modern society so deeply. Like, it... I can't even articulately talk... about about it because i I just have feelings I don't have like what am I trying to say?
1: you don't feel like you can really articulate uh because like you should be whomever you want to be or like, whoever you are correct, right yeah, I don't and, and I this, don't I it's it's and as a is, as a
0: person who's dealt with kids my entire life, even when I was a kid, I can't imagine how lonely and isolating and i mean it's just like the fact that we are queer like you i would think in the way that they describe the character of theo that as a person who doesn't fit the outside of what they're presented as to the world you are missing what f- like feels like an innate part of you and there's like a really beautiful part of the story where the witch has like an ability. Witches have an ability to kind of glamorize and like put forward how you think you'll look in four or five years. And there's this beautiful scene with Theo and Neve, uh, uh, where they like are talking about this this concept because like she Neve goes to her when she realizes that she's trans and is like, "Please tell me how you're feeling. Like, I want to know how to make you feel safe. I want to know how to support you." What do you need from me? And, and it comes to the conclusion that she's like, Theo kind of like Neve asks, like, what, what do you see yourself looking like? Like, just tell me what you want to look like in like five years. And, and they're still the same person. Like they still have the same eyes. They still have the same lips and face, but they feel more whole. Mm. And at the climax of the story, they revealed themselves like that to Helena And Helena's like, it's still the same person. So even as she's like, got literal Satan in her, she finally realizes like, she's still going to be on her quest. She's still, but there is that moment of humanity where she's like, Oh, maybe I have gotten this wrong. Like, right. Like it's very clear and evident that this person is who they say they are. Right. and, And me saying, no, 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 no. Doesn't change anything. Right. And that is what you get as the audience is like, you are rooting for this child because that's what she she is. She's a child. Right. And she just, like every child in the world, needs to feel loved, needs to feel belonging, needs a community. And it's heartbreaking to think about how... Um, and I love... And this is what I love about fantasy and the concept of like bringing these worlds into our reality because I think it helps humanize what otherwise could feel very othering like right it really um puts a staple on what we all know to be true is yeah you just want to feel loved and right like you belong somewhere and and I just found it so interesting and fascinating that certain people will always just dig their heels in like they're never going to give you what you want and so you have to make not allowances for that but I just mean like you have to constantly just stay true to who you are and like what what you want to be in the world, kind of like what we we're talking about with Whistleblower, like not to be like cl- totally cliched, but like be the change you want to see in the world, like go out and be the person that you would want to meet on the street. And Theo becoming that version of themselves really like strengthens everyone around her and strengthens all of their resolve to like be the people that they know that they are deep on the inside, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Which I think end, is like a super
0: powerful message.
1: Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like I don't know, obviously I haven't read the book, but at the end of the day, like there's not a set list of things that you check off to be a woman or to right. make you a woman. I I don't think that there's a list of things that it said experiences or set characteristics mm-hmm. that every woman has to have had. Right. Um, and I think the same could probably be said of men. And that,
0: that is, I mean, like, I feel like the turf's main argument, right. Is like <sighs> that they're fighting for anyone who like wants to call themselves a woman and they're a man. I'm putting this in quotes. And they're a man, they're entering female spaces and it, and it's only to make females unsafe. And I'm putting that all in quotes, right? So like they're going to threaten the power of all of the women if you invite men into it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, it's like stealing someone's cry and like forcing women out of like female spaces and all of this stuff but i don't and and like to your point it's also kind of like <laughs> mundanes sorry
0: that's what they're called the muggles oh they're called mundanes in this world i'm sorry oh that's okay i just was thinking about it i was listening to you but i was like oh
1: i have to get it in there i it oh, i was it. so confused about what you were saying i know i'm really sorry i'm oh, sorry but and like I off. no that's okay Again, like I'm not trans, but like as a cis person who grew up in a family that was very conservative and I struggled a lot with my sexuality, feeling like I'd never be loved or accepted um, as a queer person, I would have done anything I could to like be heterosexual right uh there's no way i would have chosen to not be yeah yeah to not like be normal (laughs) quote unquote yes and so like from that experience it's like why would someone choose to be like the most the vulnerable mo- yeah yeah the most like you said vulnerable subset of the population right, right. now cuz like trans people at this point are like the butt of every single joke right you know constantly you know having people like punching down at them right. it's like why would you choose that yeah. and it, it's like i I think and so that's one side of the coin. Another side is like I do believe that like gender is something that is a social put it over. I thought oh, the sun was sorry. on my face. I was trying to be um, helpful. is definitely uh, a social construct. Right. Um I was someone who was definitely like to play with quote unquote boy toys. Yeah, growing I, up, and I had a student ask me that this week. Like, she was like, "Were you a girly girl or a tom tom?" I girl? was a tom boy, like growing up, and like, I just thought it was a weird. Does question. that make me less of a woman? So right. it's like, you know, it, it's just. And, and then uh, Paige and I have also been reading this book, book called "Come as You Are" by it's, Emily Nagoski,
0: it's and it's really talking
1: great. about like just our anatomy and like. our our genitalia and how men and women are like even on a biological like our genitalia are basically like they're the same yeah basically are are pretty are more similar than not correct and so it's like Yes. Okay, so then what's the differentiating factor? Like social experiences? Okay, well, what brings us women together? It's like, how we're treated by society in a lot of ways. Well, can you say that trans people aren't consistently treated as lesser than by society? No. So it's like, I don't know. And so I, I, I don't, I think it is, there's no one universal experience or one universal thing that makes women a quote unquote women. So who am right. I to gate to gatekeep or say, this is the thing that makes you a woman. Right. Or, Cause you, I mean like there's just so much can't. variability. Yeah. And
0: I, as I so I told you, we were having a conversation yesterday, and you said something about being normal, and I was like, I don't know. The last five years of my life, what I've realized is no one is normal. Like there is no norm. Like,
1: right. But I think it's like too normal, quote unquote, is too like what society would say is, yeah, the, is like standard or most commonly occurring, right, and like. My thing I think and my appeal to people as far as like trans rights would always be is like even if from like a scientific perspective or, you know, whatever perspective I can't appeal to you as a human You know, we're talking about a subset of the population that is something like 60 to 80% more likely to be victims of violent crime and more likely to die by suicide. So until we can get those numbers down, like, can we at least find a way to (laughs) treat people like people? So, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: I agree. And for my like romance heavy people, there is romance, both queer and straight in this story. But I think the real, uh, it's coming back to my favorite trope of all the tropes. Can you guess what it is?
1: Enemies to lovers? No,
0: no, 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 not romance trope. Just like general. Why I love the shows that I love, why I read the books that I read. I don't know. It's about found family.
1: Oh, found family. Yeah.
0: This is about like a sisterhood. Oh yeah. You know, and it's, not all of them are related by blood. Most of it is by circumstance and it's, you know, always great to read a story of people having almost like an infight with their community of people because there is something freeing and healing about watching people live their truth rather. And like most of those people come out on top in the sense that like, you know, that they're right. And, And whatever wickedness, you know, befalls in the next couple of books isn't going to be because they didn't do the right thing. I do have to say Dawson, the author, is really, really good at setting the scene. So, like, it's really well written. But the magic itself is, like, pretty commonplace. But the way that she uses the environment around them, whether it be, like, a really simple thing that they're doing or, like, their big battle, it's, like it seems like effortless in the way that she wrote it. Like it seems like it didn't take her very long at all, which I know is probably a lie. And that's like the mark of a good book. Cause if I can just fly through it and I don't have any problems and it doesn't take me out of the story, then I know it was really well-written if -hmm. that makes sense. I felt like I was watching a movie at certain points, you know, like especially the big battle. Yeah. So I really, I really recommend this book. Uh,
1: How many stars have we given it?
0: Oh, like 10 out of five. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Math. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that was the
0: point. Uh, I loved it that much. Like, I need the second one and I need it now. How many? I really highly recommend. Like, this might be one of my favorite books of the entire year. Like, wow. I'm already calling it.
1: High praise. Um, how many heart thumps? Oh, gosh. Like, a like a ton. Uh, uh, is this an ass clopper? No. No. No.
0: No, it's kind of like a closed door type thing like you know people are clapping their asses and all of that but it's you know not written on the page
1: i feel that anything else for the good of or the order
0: no i just really want people to read it so i have some more people to talk to about it like <clears throat> leah maybe if you're listening i need you to read this one also lauren if you're listening i need you to read this one and brie you know what everybody just read this everyone read this. everybody read it i just really liked it i I would I would, re- I would, reread this. I might buy it, to be honest. It might be one of those books that I like buy and then have. Because the cover is also really pretty. If you're listening, continue to listen. <laughs> oh, I also want to warn everybody. It really ends on a couple cl- different cliffhangers. So just be prepared for that. Yeah, it ends pretty quickly. But it also ends with like so many open like oh it's just it's good i want to talk to something about it prepared. yeah and i want to do a little uh guessing on what we think might happen yeah and i'm just happy i am sad that this author felt like they had to write this book to make the world a better place but i'm also really happy that this book exists and you know you could put it up alongside harry potter and be like it's just as well written actually it might be better yeah because w- I don't know. I, as an adult have tried to reread Harry Potter four times and I can't get through it. So I can't even get through the first book. It's boring as shit. The first book is not very good. So there's that. So I don't know. Eat that JK Rowling. Oh man.
1: So anyway, have a great week. Yep. We love you all. See you later on social media. Goodbye.
0: I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready when you are. I was waiting for you. Oh, oh, you started it. Sorry. I I didn't realize.